The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast on the Nick and Roy channel. Subscribe and share. Why are swashbucklers called swashbucklers? Frogs have their eardrums. Where? I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And we go out of our way, like lunatics, to scour the internet for information you really don't need. So join us on this journey together as we discover useless information on this episode of Totally Useless Information. It's everything you never needed to know by listening once a week. You get smarter than you think. The Totally Useless Information Podcast, hosted by Nick and Roy. Hello there, everyone, and thank you once again for joining us on the Totally Useless Information Podcast. You folks have been making it such a great experience because we have so many listeners. Subscribe to our podcast on YouTube. I mean, it's awesome. We thank you. And we thank you very much. We'll have more exciting stuff coming in the next few weeks, including special episodes for the holidays. So we have all kinds of interesting stuff coming up the next few weeks. But let's get it going right now because we have lots of expressions to talk about. Where do expressions come from? I don't know where. I don't know where. Where do expressions come from? We want to know right now. Hey, the jig is up. The jig is up. Jig is up. Yes, that's my first expression. I'm not trying to tell you something. In the time of the 16th century, the word jig was slang for a practical joke or a trick. So when the queen found out and she stopped you in your tracks, the jig was up. The jig, the practical joke, was done. That's it, and you were kicked out. The jig is up. Mm, Cool. I like that one. I like that. I also like having a square meal. A square meal. Well, people thought that it originally came from sailors who ate on square metal plates, but that is not true. In the mid-19th century, in California, so not that long ago, uh, people looking, there were workers that were making the railroads and digging for gold and so on, so they didn't have a lot of money. They were looking for a good meal at a good price. So they wanted something that was fair and square. So rather than say that, they just walk in and say, I'm looking for a square meal. That's pretty cool. I like that one. Hey, how about mm-hmm. when someone flies off the handle? To fly off the <laughs> handle. <laughs> this square meal sucks. He flew off the handle. Does it have to do with trains? Uh, no, but it did. the definition is to become suddenly enraged. In the 1800s, the axes that were made were poorly made, actually, and sometimes the handle would detach from the axe, so uh, from the blade, rather. So they could end up crashing into a house or even impaling a person. That would hurt, and it would cost you an arm and a leg in damages. Uh, it's like, honey, it's going to be a little cold tonight. Why don't you stand in front of me while I chop some wood? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love you. 
Okay, OJ. <laughs> wow. Yeah, huh? You know what? That story, I'm taken aback by that. Taken oh. aback. Think about this, okay? Taken aback. Well, if a ship was sailing forward and the wind suddenly changed and a really odd sudden change, it could actually stop the ship and send the ship backwards. So they would say that the ship was taken aback. It became a saying. I'm taken aback by that. I'm shocked. Don't be shocked because you know what? I heard that already. I heard that through the grapevine. <laughs> I heard it. And of course, it means to get information indirectly. And the great uh, Marvin Gaye song, Heard It Through the Grapevine. Mm, yes. Boom, Heard it through the grapevine. Boom, 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 boom. Yep. Boom, 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 I'll take uh, commercial songs for 100, Alex. <laughs> so, Heard It Through the Grapevine. The first telegraph stations in the United States had twisting, bundling wires that often draped in random patterns around the station. Both the operators and bystanders alike thought the tangled webs looked like grapevines, giving rise to the common expression they heard it through the grapevine. Wow, wow. Well, like I said, folks, me and Nick have been friends for a long time through thick and thin. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> another phrase, another saying, thick and thin. Well, thick and thin was actually a saying that has to do with the forest. People would say, well, I stuck with that person through thick and thin meant that you would wander with them through the forest, through thicket, which was thick brush or thin woods, whichever. But either way, you would stick with them, whether it was a hard path or an easy path. So you'd say, I'm going to stick with that person through thick and thin. Very good. Unless, of mm -hmm. course, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> Meeting, you're waiting for something to happen you feel is inevitable. In the tenements of New York City in the 19th and 20th centuries, the apartments were built with bedrooms one on top of another. It was common to hear your upstairs neighbor take off a shoe, drop it, and then repeat the action. So it became shorthand for waiting for something you knew was coming, the first shoe and then the other shoe to drop. Wow. Well, speaking of shoes, that's kind of my wife's Achilles heel. Achilles heel, somebody's Achilles heel, meaning their weak point. Well, here's where it comes from, folks. You're going to learn it. Theatis dipped her son, Achilles, in the river Styx, which is spelt like the band, S-T-Y-X. She dipped him in the river Styx. Anyone immersed in the river became invulnerable. They were, they were stronger and everything because they were dipped in the river. However... Theatis held her young boy, Achilles, by his ankles and feet, so the water did not touch them. Achilles was, was actually um, killed when Paris of Troy shot him in the heel of his foot with an arrow, which killed him, because that was not his strong area. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, it kind of sucked because it sucked for Achilles. Oh, yeah, definitely, without a doubt. <laughs> and, and that... And that was Achilles calling just now. <laughs> questions come from... I don't know where, I don't know where. Where? Expressions come from... We want to know right now. On the Totally Useless Information podcast, what, did he have one of those shoe phones? Oh, yeah. yeah. He did. 
if the idiot had a shoe on, he'd still be alive. Exactly. It's his fault. If you'd like to get in touch with us, it's really simple to do. TUI podcast at Outlook.com. Let's find out some scientific things. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. Love what you did there. That was a great... uh, Roy wrote that jingle, and he sang it, and he performed it. He's a triple threat. Yes, I was probably drunk when I did it, which brings me to my first scientific thing here. Blue-eyed people have a better tolerance to alcohol. A study was done by scientists, and they found that people with blue eyes were able to drink more alcohol than people with other colored eyes, said the brown-eyed scientist who fell on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who don't know, and why would you, what color are your eyes, Roy? Uh, They are brown, and I'm drunk. (laughs) Mine are actually blue. And I had drinks all morning long, and I'm still not drunk. <laughs> How many hands am I holding up? Um, you know what? Uh, that's kind of embarrassing. And you know what? If you Can you tell when someone's embarrassed? Their faces turn red. Mm. Why do faces turn red when we're embarrassed? Blushing, as it's called, is often a result of being embarrassed or stressed, which causes your sympathetic nervous system to widen your face's blood vessels. Your blood flow increases to your face, resulting in the redness related to blushing. So being red in the face also adds to your embarrassment. So that's why we blush. We turn red when we blush and when we get embarrassed. And I will tell you a little secret too as well. The fight or flight syndrome, which is what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. opens up blood vessels and gives us the ability to run away from something like let's say a tiger was going to and so, but it also shuts certain things down, like our digestive systems, so that as we're running, we don't lose certain things from our bowel area. <laughs> Just wanted to make it a little more disgusting than it could possibly be. Sure. So you, you were talking about me bringing up urine a lot, but what did you do? Yes. Speaking of, of ridiculous stuff and, and scientists in general are nuts, mm-hmm. in 2003, Dr. Raja Mugford invented what he called and patented the wagometer. The wagometer claims to tell if a dog, it, it tells the dog's exact mood by hooking the dog's tail up to the wagometer. And he says that he could tell if a dog is happy or sad or hungry, I guess, whatever mood the dog is in, the wagometer, wagometer will tell you by the wagging of the dog's tails. Dr. Roger Mumford was found in a mental institution. <laughs> Hooked up to a wacko-meter. <laughs> so if you look up at the planets and you look at Venus, Venus is the only planet that spins clockwise. All the planets in the solar system orbit around the sun in a counterclockwise direction as, as it's viewed from the Earth's North Pole. Most planets also rotate on their axes in the counterclockwise direction, but Venus, being the, the only planet who wants to do its own thing, rotates clockwise once every 243 Earth days, the slowest rotation of any planet. Wow. Cool. See? See, folks? You're learning. You're learning. I'm trying to learn you something. 
Nick brought up planets, so we got to stick with it now. Did you know, like you just said, Venus and Mercury and Neptune and so on, the Earth is the only planet not named after a god. Oh, God, no. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) My God. Uh, Bromine and Mercury, they have something Mm. in common. Of all of the 118 elements on the periodic table, we all remember the periodic table, don't we? Yes. I periodically remembered it. Uh, bromine and mercury are the only two that are liquid at room temperature. Wait a second. Say it one more time. Bromine and mercury are liquid at room temperature. Right. So they're liquid at room temperature. So if you happen to have those two elements and it's room temperature, you better bring a cup because it's going to spill all over the place. Wow. That's cool. Okay. Here's a cool one, guys. And, and everybody can, like, understand this. The golf ball, as we know it, was invented by science. An engineer named William Taylor. Now, anybody that knows golf knows Taylor Golf Clubs, Taylor Balls. I I really don't want to speak about Bill's balls, but but they do have uh, Taylor Balls. But Mr. William Taylor, he noticed that because he was an engineer, that if he dimpled the ball, which originally the golf ball was smooth, if he dimpled the ball, it would travel much farther than a smooth golf ball. So Taylor went to the golf people and said, look, this is a better golf ball. And they enacted that as a the golf ball that we all know and love. And he hit a hole-in-one with that idea. Yeah, yeah. You know what? When you're golfing, every once in a while, there's a station where you can wash your balls. That's right. Yes, there are. <laughs> even... even... <laughs> You know what? Even if you're not playing golf. <laughs> well, that's what I did, and I got thrown out of the club. <laughs> Read with embarrassment, weren't you? I said thrown out of thrown out of the club. I got a whole bag of them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> especially the woods. Um, if you're drinking coffee and you want to make it, you want it to cool it down. You're thinking, well, let me just stir it because by stirring my coffee, it will cool it down. No, it is better for you to blow into your coffee or lift it up with your spoon and blow it on the spoon that's Mm. the most efficient way to cool it down because stirring adds kinetic energy to the drink thus increasing its temperature so it's blown not stirred Einstein was a moron Newton was a jerk nothing science science On the Totally Useless Information Podcast, we are here for you week after week to provide you all kinds of information, including... Whether you like it or not. (laughs) That's right. Well, it's totally useless information. You've done something useful. You've downloaded us, and we thank you for that. Don't miss an episode of this show. You'll be sorry, and we'll find you. Oh, we will. We will. But some people found us through our mailbag. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? What's the email address? Podcast at outlook.com. Marie from Oregon writes, I stumbled across your podcast recently and am really enjoying the two of you together. Keep up the good work. She must be a teacher or something. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Marie. And she wrote it in red ink. Yep, she's a teacher. Here's my question. <laughs> Is it true that dead or dying horses are often said to be, quote, sent to the glue factory? 
why a horse is good for making glue. Well, Marie, uh, thank you, I think. Um, what glue have you been sniffing? Is it their hooves? No, Marie and Roy. Horses, among other animals, have a lot of collagen. And collagen is a key protein in connective tissues, cartilage, ten tendons, and ligaments, as well as hides and bones. It's also the key ingredient in most animal glues and can be made into a gelatin that's sticky but wet when it hardens when it dries. So the word collagen actually derives from the Greek kola, meaning glue, and the suffix gen, meaning producer. So the producer of glue, yes, in fact, are horses and other animals. But thanks, Marie, for your question. Of course, thanks for listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast. Wow. Wow. Well, I got one, too. And again, folks, thank you for the emails. Please send us emails. We'll read them on, on the show. We get lots of them, and, and, and some of them are, like, thanking us for the show and so on. We love that, too. In fact, that's a hell of a lot easier than Crazy Tom in Alabama. Tom sends us this this long email he sent, which, again, I, I, I thank you, Tom. We, we love doing the show. So, But Tom was saying... He was at a party and somebody said to him that George Washington had wooden teeth. And he said he wasn't sure about that. And the person said, yes, for sure, they were wooden teeth and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So I did my research, Tom. George Washington did not have wooden teeth. Okay. There was some wood used in the molding process of the teeth. But the teeth were not wooden teeth. They were actually a combination of elephant ivory and walrus tusks and they were actually hinged on metal frames and placed in his mouth extremely painful to wear that's why most of the time he did not have teeth in his mouth he only used them for pictures or big special events or when he liked to eat corn no i'm joking i don't know <laughs> so tom tom from alabama you ask you received. That's right. And, of course, you're right. George Washington only wore his teeth when he was uh, out in public and also when he posed for the dollar bill. Yes, yes. Well, that was a biggie. Here's a question. If they were wooden teeth, was it cherry wood? Animal, 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 crazy animal. Totally Anim useless information podcast. Animals. That was a very operatic jingle that you sung. Animals. <laughs> I could do it again. In case I have to do it on some like like America's Got Talent or something. Yeah, sure, of course. You do. Uh, here's my teaser. Frogs have eardrums where? While mm. frogs don't have an external ear like we do, they have an inner ear and a middle ear and an outer ear. And they're located outside their heads. What? Frogs have eardrums on the outside of their heads, including all the parts. So if you look carefully, you'll find their eardrums on, are on the outside. So frogs have eardrums on the outside of their head. ba dum bum Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay. Here's for you, tree hugging. Hu Ooh, I almost said something wrong. Here's for, <laughs> here's for you, tree hugging hippies, which I like to bring up from time to time. You guys are all about the animals and, you know, saving the planet and you love the... Okay, all right. Animals create 30 times more waste than the human beings create. In fact, 
they create 1.4 billion tons of crap. There you go. Take that poop in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> uh, sea otters are, are, are wonderful, wonderful animals. And I know that in a previous episode, you talked about how otters usually hold hands when they fall asleep. Yeah. Which is quite lovely and endearing. Sea That's otters cute. always float on their backs when they're eating. These marine mammals dine on animals including mussels, sea urchins, clams, and snails while floating on their backs. Their extremely dense fur protects them from the cold waters as they eat. So they can do the backflip while uh, they're eating their dinner. So sea otters. They should have their cholesterol checked because they're eating a shellfish. I'm starting to feel a little nervous for them, you know. I'm going to have to talk to a few otters. Okay, listen. Ants, ants, the little ants, not uh, your uh, father's sister, okay? Ants don't have lungs. They have no lungs, yet they breathe, but they don't do it the way we do, okay? But here is the most cool, interesting fact I, 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 I can't believe. Ants never sleep. They never stop, and they just keep going from the day they're born till the day they die they do not sleep so you're telling us that ants are perpetual insomniacs they yes ants you know that's why the other day i saw a little ant hill because we have lots of ants down here and and i poured some nyquil on it just to mess with them <laughs> yes <laughs> nighty night and they're looking at you all confused what does that mean uh, if you're an oyster if you're an oyster and um, and you want to figure out well you know how do I, how do I mate? Well, sometimes you can't find the right mate, so oysters can change their gender as they see fit. Oysters can change from one gender to another and back again, depending on which is best for mating. So do humans. Haven't you seen the news lately? Making <laughs> fun of anybody, we we like everyone that listens to the totally. Useless Information Podcast, we're talking about oysters. We're not making fun of anybody. So here's another one for you tree-hugging hippies. (laughs) This time. Cows give off enough methane gas in one day. I know this is a topic, but I'm going to stay on it, okay? It's farther from the truth than I should stretch. Cows give off enough methane gas in one day to fill 400-liter bottles. Now, that's a lot of gas. Oh, it is. Here's my question. Are they plastic bottles or glass bottles? They, oh, let's not go there, remember? One of our episodes, I went after the tree-hugging hippies on that one. <laughs> So, um, if if you're um, looking for entertainment, and we have all kinds of streaming services on TV, but most importantly, you have the podcast to, to download, like ours, and thank you. But let's say you want to find out something really interesting, so you want to look for scorpions and find out how they're having sex. Scorpions engage in an, a very quite an elaborate courtship ritual known as promenade a deux, literally a walk for two. So the dance begins when the male and the female make contact, they exchange numbers or whatever, the male takes his partner by the pedipalps and gracefully walks her back and forth until he finds her a proper location for his sperm. Once he deposits his package of sperm, he leads the female over it 
and positions her genital opening so she can take up the sperm. In the wild, the male usually takes a quick departure once mating is completed. So therefore, this used to be this used to be a family show. <laughs> it is. Well, you keep up what they're doing, you have your own family. <laughs> Captivity, the female often devours her mate after mm. working so hard an appetite from all the dancing. It sounds like a weekend at a club for me. <laughs> I usually escort women off the dance floor by their pedipals or whatever the hell you call them. <laughs> Never mind dinner in a movie. She had like sex and then had dinner. Wow. Wow. It's, it's, it's all about sex, isn't it? Well, sex sells and we talk about it a lot. So hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. <laughs> okay, right, I got one. Okay, go ahead. Most elephants are pretty big, right? And I've spoke about the difference in size between blue whales and elephants. But I just want to emphasize this one more time. The average elephant weighs, and they're pretty big, they weigh less than the average tongue of a blue whale. A blue whale's tongue weighs more than an elephant. Now, getting back to sex. <laughs> animal, animal. Animal, crazy animal. <laughs> the blue whale was French kissing. Can I do my teaser? Yeah, you can. Okay. I said, what What makes a swashbuckler a swashbuckler? Where did that come from, you know? A swashbuckler. Uh-huh. Well, sailors would have big buckles to hold up their pants, thank God. A buckle was actually a shield that uh, soldiers and sailors type, almost like Marines of their time, they would hold the shield and they would walk through the town and they wanted the people of the town to know that they, that the soldiers were coming through the streets. So they would bang their swords on their buckles or their shields. And the noise that the sword would make was the shwoosh. So they'd say they're swashbucklers. They're hitting the buckle, which was the shield, and they were called swashbucklers. Sailor soldiers, which basically are the first Marines. Semper Fi, Bruja. <laughs> hey, you know, how much does a, uh, speaking of pirates, how much does a pirate uh, pay for corn? I don't know. A buccaneer. Hey, everybody. Come and get it. Your weekly sweet and savory facts with your five-star Michelin chefs of totally useless information, Nick and Roy. Come and get it! Another stupid joke like that, and I'm going to force you to live with that woman. (laughs) (laughs) Another pirate joke. Hold on. So what does a pirate say at his 80th birthday party? What does he say? I'm 80. (laughs) <laughs> All right, totally useless information podcast i'm nick he's roy i'm in toronto canada he's in florida 1500 miles apart and we provide totally useless information we're talking about food we're talking about twinkies we talked about twinkies before and there are alleged expiry dates but the first twinkies were filled with banana cream really they were filled with banana cream at first until world war ii it was changed to vanilla because bananas were then rationed because of the war. Mm. That's how you have vanilla filling in Twinkies. It's funny because when they changed it, people went bananas for them. 
<laughs> they did. And they were depressed, and they ate more bananas, which is another episode we, we talked about how bananas got, help depression. I got a pretty interesting one here. Did you know that carrots were originally purple? In fact, they weren't orange for a very long time, for many years, before the variety of orange ones were grown. And they probably were grown, they're not sure, but they probably were grown because the orange ones grew quicker, because sometimes when you deviate from colors, they grow faster. And then that, that took over, and orange carrots became the, the thing to grow. But for many, many years, they were purple. Carrots were purple. Well, speaking of things that weren't what you thought they were, got that? The croissant is not French. We? Oui? No. <laughs> the first verified historical evidence of the croissant has been attributed to August Zhang in an upscale pastry shop in the early 19th century. The bakery shop specialized in treats from his native Vienna. Mm -hmm. Most no notably, the kipferl. His kipferl was made with flakier dough than traditional sweets, and people began to refer to it as a croissant because of its crescent shape. So it mm. comes from Vienna, not France. A so you kids that are listening, don't trust the French. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Although I love French fries, so thank you. Thank you to the French people. <laughs> Never, ever, folks. Now take this seriously and heed my warning. Never feed an avocado to a bird. An avocado is poisonous to most birds. So if you feed it to them, they will die. If you have an annoying woodpecker or a bird that's chirping and singing outside your window that you don't like that much, you can then feed them an avocado and uh, relieve yourself of that problem. Okay. I think that's useful information there. It certainly is. I didn't even realize that we have millennial birds. Broccoli is high in protein, more than steak. What? Calorie, calorie for calorie, there's more protein in broccoli than steak. And since it doesn't come with all those saturated trans fats or cholesterol, but hey, we all love that stuff. You can get all the protein you need with a significantly lower risk of cardiovascular disease by eating more broccoli because of the higher protein content. Yeah, I went into uh, Burger King and I said, I'll have a uh, broccoli Whopper, please. Yeah, I don't think so. But I did have the French fries. So thanks again to the French. <laughs> Never trust the French, but we love your French fries. In Scandinavia... They eat a mushroom called the brain mushroom. Why? They're Scandinavian. It's a delicacy. <laughs> it's a delicacy. Because if you eat the wrong one, if you pick or eat the wrong one, it's fatal. You will die. So you really should uh, definitely know uh, the what mushroom you're picking if you're in scandinavia don't just flip a coin and say oh that's a brain mushroom i'll eat that if you like oranges and i know that there are lots of oranges down in florida mm. orange peels have four times the amount of fiber than the actual fruit it also contains more antioxidants than the actual fruit the only downside is it's a difficult way to eat it 
And the best way to grate it up is like cheese, like orange zest to add it to your recipe. So orange peels have more fiber content than the food itself. Did you know that Florida, mostly, we don't, you know, most people eat oranges. They eat navel oranges. Most navel oranges come from Mexico and California and so on. Florida is the number one producer of oranges in the world, but they are 99% used for juice. We produce Honeybell juicing oranges, and that's what we're known for, and that's what we do well. So, there's a little fact for you again. I don't know if you should hit the button, but this is useful stuff on a, on a crazy show. <laughs> The kitchen is now closed. Join us next time on the Totally Useless Information Podcast for more sweet and savory morsels of useless food information. See you real soon! And we'll see you real soon because it'll be the next time because we're done for this time. I got one more thing to say. You do? Yes. I made fun of the French. So I have to say something nice about the French. All right, now let's end the show. No, okay. All right. The world's tallest bridge is called the Malou Viaduct. Why? Because the French don't know how to say the word bridge, probably. But it's called the Malou Viaduct in France, and it stands 1,000 feet tall, and it's suspended by beams and cables. And probably French bread and crossed fingers, but who the hell knows? So here's our hats off or, or berets off, berets off. <laughs> to you, French, for the world's tallest bridge, which it should be the longest, but hell, you guys are going in the wrong direction anyway. So <laughs> having said what, that. <laughs> what, what did you call it? What, did, what do they call it? What's the French name for it? What did you call it? The Malou Viaduct. Malou Viaduct. So you go to the dentist and say, look, I'm having a couple problems with my teeth. Could you give me a Malou Viaduct? Yeah. He said, Viaduct. Why not another bird? <laughs> time for us to go. It's time for us to end this edition. Totally useless information podcast. And we will have more, whether you like it or not, the next time we talk. So in the meantime, hit the subscribe button, tell a friend, because this show is on fire, tell a friend about the trend. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>